The most important thing when you're creating a course is that you make sure that your course is solving a problem. You don't want to create a general course about investing. You want to create a course, something that solves a specific problem that your audience is having. Welcome to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals, the show that teaches you and other busy pros how to grow your wealth so you can live life on your own terms. I'm your host, Taylor Lopes. Our guest today is Cindy Nicholson. Cindy wants to help you take your online course to the next level. As a former high school teacher and corporate trainer, Cindy has spent thousands of hours designing training material. Too often, entrepreneurs get stuck between being the inspiring thought leader in their world and translating that vast expertise into a profitable online course. Reaching a broader audience and earning passive income just simply eludes entrepreneurs who are new to online courses. So that's become Cindy Nicholson's calling, aka the Course Whisperer. This is a great way for busy pros, busy professionals just like you or experts in your field to generate another stream of income with online courses in in in-demand topics. So Cindy, welcome to the show. Hi, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Very happy to have you with us today. So if we're just getting started thinking about putting together an online course, maybe we built one and we're not making any sales. We got it up on one of the many course sites, but the income's just not there. We're convinced the product is good. There's got to be demand for this topic, whatever your area of expertise might be. How can we increase our sales just right off the bat and get started maybe marketing our courses better? The most important thing when you're creating a course is that you make sure that your course is solving a problem. You don't want to create a general course about investing. You want to create a course, something that solves a specific problem that your audience is having. So first and foremost is like the name of your course, really identify what problem you're solving. And is it specific enough to attract the people that you're wanting to go into the course? So that's what I often see from a content perspective. If people are having difficulty with their sales is how are they positioning their online course? How are they positioning in terms of how is it solving a problem? Because people have to have a problem big enough that they're willing to spend money on. And that's why you want to make sure that you're solving a specific problem. That's kind of the first thing. And the next thing is then making sure that your audience really needs it. Is it, again, the problem big enough that they're wanting to take a course on it? So if they are finding that they aren't getting sales, maybe it's a matter of going back to the audience that you're trying to sell to and find out if that's really something that's top of mind for them. So pulling the audience and finding out what they're struggling with right now may be the next step in terms of finding out whether or not this is something that they're interested in. So I find if it's not selling, there's obviously marketing strategies and building an audience, but from a content perspective is asking your audience how it is that you can help them specifically solve the problems that they're having and whatever it is they're doing. Mm, So imagining that we're already experts as a professional in, say, something related to IT, information technology. And we want to earn an extra income off of that expertise by selling a course somehow related to that. We want to get started finding maybe a specific niche inside the IT education space or a particular topic that we can teach about What are some steps that we can take to start just narrowing that down in the first place before we even pick a particular topic or problem that we want to solve? How are we 
doing that polling? How are we going to collect that data? Yeah, there's three kind of steps I recommend, you know, when you're first starting out to try and figure out or narrow down the topic of what how you want to create a course. The first thing is to just go to Google, Google keyword search, and just do a bit of research to find out what people are going online for to search for solutions to problems. So you can then in Google keyword search, you can just input a bunch of different things that your clients would be maybe searching online for and just see how popular they are. So that's the first thing. Are people going online to look for a solution to the problem? And Google keyword is a great tool to do that. The next step I recommend is then checking out if there's other courses that are being sold similar to that topic. So you can then pop over to say Udemy, you can go to Lynda, you can go to Coursera. There's a number of platforms that host online courses. And so you can check out and see if there's other courses out there that are along the same lines. And the thing is, is it's good news if there is, because that means that there's a market for it. So that means that people have a problem and they're willing to take their wallet out of their pocket to pay for it. Then the third step is really then asking the audience. So if you have an audience of your own to go to them directly, you also can go into Facebook groups and ask them what they're struggling with. You can go into forums. You can really kind of go in and just do a little bit of research by just seeing what questions people are asking. Even if you go into Google, you put in your topic and you include forum in the search line, that will give you some information as to what kind of questions people are asking. So that work at the beginning, often people get an idea of a course that they want to create, and then they're all going forward without taking the time to really validate the idea. If you go through those three steps at the beginning, number one, it gives you more confidence that yes, when I put the time in to create this course, people are going to buy it. But number two, the intel that you're going to gather going through that process is going to pretty much write the course for you because it will tell you all the questions you should answer as part of your course. So that's kind of the three-step process I recommend when people are debating whether or not there's a good idea of a particular course idea that they're thinking of. Interesting. So yeah, I have a background in engineering and day job in sales. And something that I noticed moving from engineering to sales and doing some marketing with previous employers was that engineers and technical people have this idea of put up a website, build a website, and they will come. And that's all you need to do. And as far as marketing these courses goes, especially if we're talking to technical professionals, for example, who don't have sales and marketing backgrounds, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. We all come from different backgrounds, but getting that first basis of learning the marketing of this and what we need to do to really drive traffic to the course, does it just stop it? Do we need to put it up on Udemy and the other usual suspects and build our own little website and let it go? Or how are we driving traffic to the course to get it purchased and get eyeballs on it? Well, this is where kind of the legwork happens at the beginning is really building the audience, building the audience of people within that target market that you're looking for. And there's a bazillion different ways you can go about to build that audience. And as you're building this audience, another strategy, even if you are thinking of creating a course, is to either to do a beta launch. So before you create any type of content at all, 
to offer it for sale and say, at a reduced price, I'm planning on creating a course that's going to solve this problem. Are you interested in doing that? And this will give you an idea as to what kind of interest you are going to get once it's ready to go live. So if you can get a certain number of people into this beta course, that's pretty good validation. But you really need to be kind of doing the legwork at the beginning, building the audience and depending on how you go about doing it, whether it's podcasting, whether it's participating in Facebook groups, however you want to kind of build your audience is kind of really the first step. And then floating the idea of a course to them is a good strategy to really validate whether or not you think it'll sell once it's ready. Hmm, I like that. You have to get out and hustle and build the audience and make it happen. So as far as some of the numbers here, if we're busy professional thinking about trying to earn an income on the side, get another stream of income going that maybe we're not trading hours for dollars for, just on the side kind of thing, and we want it to be worth our while, what are some of the numbers of maybe how many courses we need to sell at what price point? And where's kind of the sweet spot of what we should be aiming for? I think it's Kevin Kelly or somebody that has the concept of a thousand true fans. Are we aiming for the thousand true fans that'll pay a couple hundred bucks for a course? Or we want to go bigger audience, smaller dollar value? Where are the pros doing it? these days? <laughs> well, that's a very good question. And what I tend to see, because as you can imagine, Taylor, it can run the gamut, right? You can go for a strategy to get a high number of people at a low price point versus a smaller number of people at a higher price point. So it really depends on your marketing strategy, what your marketing strategy, what your preference is, and the amount of time that you're willing to commit to creating the course. So for example, at a higher price point, you probably might have a higher investment of time, whether or not you have weekly calls or you give some sort of access to you, whether it's through a Facebook group or something like that. So if you've got like a $2,000 course or something like that, I have found that the courses out there, usually you have access to the expert in some form or fashion. So if you're willing to kind of to share yourself for a certain period of time, as you're offering your course, then you can go for a higher price point. And therefore, then you don't need as many people to sign up for the course. That being said, if that doesn't fit into how you run your business, then you can create more of an evergreen course where it's going to be at a smaller price point, say between $250 and $500. And with that, the idea that you're going to have a higher volume of people taking the course and it has less investment of your time in terms of participating in the course. So it really kind of comes down to the business model of the individual as to whether or not where they should want to fit on the grand scheme of things. And as far as the amount of time it's going to take us to say somebody listens to this right now and decides, has been kind of thinking about it and commits during this call, uh, during our discussion today and says, I'm doing this. How long is it going to take them and how many hours are they going to have invested until they have a quality course posted that is starting to turn out income? Well, I like the words that you were using, Taylor, from the perspective of a quality course, because as you can imagine, the barrier to entry to create online courses these days, it's really low. So it's quite easy to get it done, which means that there's a lot of courses out there 
that aren't very well done. And there's some other courses that are really well done. And so for signature courses, which I've helped my clients design, signature courses that are kind of the cornerstone to their online course offering. Again, usually about five modules long with about five lessons within each module. Those courses, I would say, and again, it depends on how much time you have each week to put together, but I'd say about 80 hours. And so whether depending on how much time you have each week to put it together, usually I would say around three months to kind of put it all together. But if you're ready to do it, and you've got all the time in the world to do it, you can bang that out in in a month or so. But if you're wanting to do it with quality, it's going to take a little bit more time than if you're just going to rhyme off a bunch of videos and post them online. Mm, Yes. And I find that in setting out to do things like from my perspective, starting a podcast, I did watch an online course and it gave me a bit of a blueprint on some of the ideas to get started. And you you learn along the way just by doing it, but kind of a path to walk down in a sense. Where is the path for starting an online course? I mean, do you have a course for that? Are there courses out there? I mean, if we have no idea what to do and we know our outcome is going to be a cash flow generating course that we have finished, where can we find that blueprint, that path to get there? It's a great question because it's like, you know, I have this great, I I have this great expertise. How the heck do I, you know, learn to share it with the world? And there's a number of online courses out there to teach about online courses. The one thing that I've found with most online courses, they really miss the boat on the actual development of the content itself. So they talk a lot about the technology, they talk a lot about the marketing, but they actually miss the meat of it, which is the designing the course itself. And so I personally don't have an online course yet because I work mostly just one-on-one with my clients. Either I do it with them or I do it for them. But I can kind of walk you through my process that I take my clients through in terms of the soup to nuts, in terms of actually creating the content itself. Would you like me to kind of go through those steps? Yeah, that would be great. So essentially, you know, we've talked about it already in terms of making sure that the course is validated. So you got a course idea. Step number one is to really validate the idea. Make sure that once you put all of that work into creating the course, that people are going to buy it. So going through those three steps is usually the first step in terms of creating that online course. From this research, from this validation process, The step number two is really from this research that you've done is figure out what the outcome is. What is the result? What is the problem that you're going to solve for your clients? And it just, you want to be really specific. So within figuring out what the outcome is, figure out who your clients, who's the target market client is for that particular course. And the more specific you can be, the better it's going to be for your students. So once you kind of know the specific result that you're going to get, a point Z, then you want to figure out the steps that somebody needs to take in order to get that result. So this is really then creating the course outline. So if you're starting at A and you want to end at, oh, I should say Z is okay, not Z, right? You guys are Z, right? If you're at A and you need to get to Z, what are the milestones? What are the steps that they need to take in order to get from where they are today to the final result? And so those milestones are really the 
steps in your outline. So that's the outline of your course. So number one was validate. Number two is getting your outcome. Number three is creating that course outline. And within that course outline, you're going to have these milestones. And then you can drill down within each of those milestones and kind of ask yourself the same question. What steps do they need to take in order to get each of these individual milestones? So those will give you kind of almost the lessons within each milestone. I call them modules or milestones. So that gives you kind of that overall big picture of how the course is going to be structured. And then once you have gotten to that point, you are now ready to create the content. And I actually recommend that rather than diving in and creating the PowerPoint slides and creating all the content, I actually recommend that people start with creating the worksheets or the activities. Because again, if we're really wanting to get them to get the results, we want to make sure that they're practicing and applying and using the information that they're learning all the way as they go through the course. So I recommend kind of doing those worksheets and those activities before you actually get into the content, because that will really help make sure that you're streamlining the content and only including content that's important. So that's kind of the next step after the course outline is to create those worksheets. Once you've got the worksheets done, then you can go in and create the content and you can decide how you want to deliver it. I have found that the most popular way is a combination of having video and some sort of slides, whether it's PowerPoint or keynotes or what have you. So a combination of those two things to deliver the information has kind of been the most common way that I've seen it delivered. So then it's just a matter of kind of creating those PowerPoint slides and creating, uh, writing out your script of what you want to say during those lessons. Once you've got the content created, now it's a matter of recording and editing those videos that you've created. And then it's a matter of getting the technology in place in order to, you've got to put that content somewhere. And then it's a matter of getting that content out into the internet to see who you can help with that problem you're solving. So it's kind of that whole process is helps people kind of take this big, broad idea and kind of distill it down into manageable pieces for the students to learn from. One of the pieces of advice I always give people, because one of the biggest mistakes that I see in courses in terms of what people are doing when they're creating courses is they provide way, way too much information in those courses. So what I really help people with is pulling back and making sure that they only include information that's going to directly get the result that the students are looking for and not anything more because otherwise they'll realize the content doesn't apply to them. And so they won't finish the course or they'll never come back to it. So to really only include content that is directly applicable to getting that result that you're you're doing for the client is of utmost importance when you're putting a course together. Hmm. And I like how you put validating the idea really early on, because I think so many people, especially people who I keep going back to the technical thing, but people who don't have a sales and marketing background, they get the, I have a, such a great idea. Everybody's going to want to buy this and like, hold your horses. You need to prove and save yourself some time potentially in the future. You need to prove that this idea is marketable and that people will pay money for it because almost nobody's right about everything on the first shot. You might have the seed of a good idea, and then by talking with your focus groups and everything, you can 
turn that seed of an idea into a fully fledged marketable concept and refine it and learn more about what people will pay for. So I really like that. And we touched a little bit on becoming an expert and being perceived as like a thought leader and building basically a book of contacts, essentially, that you can market this to in a way or building a way to market it. And from my perspective, I think that's critical because just one example that popped into my head as we're sitting here is for years, I thought I wanted to go to business school. And one of the things I looked at was online business school at UNC, essentially, just to put it out there. A great business school, one of the top in-person business schools, and they have an online version. The online version is the same price as the in-person version. It's essentially $100,000 for an, an online course. And yeah, there's interaction with the professors and everything, but they're selling series of courses and a degree, essentially, for $100,000. Now, granted, they have a fantastic brand. They're perceived as thought leaders in the world of business education, at least as far as MBAs go. So that allows them to sell a full program for $100,000 that you get a degree at the end of. And in my mind, it's essentially no different, especially having gone through a few of their, just to be honest about it, a few of their sales pitches going down to UNC and meeting some of the folks and talking with them everything. It's a very sales-heavy business. So I think the sky is the limit, really, when it comes to these things. And building your brand and finding your niche are really so key to making as much money as possible, essentially, and really driving up the price of your courses, if that is indeed the goal. Yeah, exactly. The whole being specific as you can is so important when it comes to creating courses, both from a marketing perspective, because you can reach a number of people but can really hone in on a specific problems that people are solving. But it also improves the quality of your course, because if you've really targeted your niche, then the content that's included in that course will apply directly to those students that are taking your course. And they're going to love you for it because everything that they learn within the course is going to apply directly to them and they're more apt to complete the course. And for me, I think that's some of the best marketing out there. If you have people who take your course, they finish your course and get the result that they're looking for. Well, that I think that that speaks volumes in terms of the marketability of that course because there's a number of courses I've taken that I haven't gotten all the way through and I sure as heck haven't taken another course from that individual But the ones that I have are the ones where I'll go back to. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Cindy, what is the best investment you ever made? Well, I'd say the best investment I've ever made is investing in myself. And what I mean by that is really by investing in a mastermind program that I'm a part of. So every week we get together and we talk about our businesses. And between the four of us, we bounce ideas off of each other. And after every call, I have actionable tips and ideas of what I can do in order to move my business forward. So That investment of a mastermind has really been super, super valuable to me. Awesome. I know so many successful people that invest large sums of money, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars in powerful masterminds, and they all speak very highly of that in principle. So there's a lesson there. How about what is the worst investment you ever made? 
Well, probably the worst investment I've ever made was a snap decision on hiring a coach. So it wasn't necessarily that I don't believe in coaching. I totally believe in coaching. But the worst investment was not taking the time to fully understand what I needed from a coach or to vet the coaches that I was talking to. So I ended up hiring a coach that was definitely not a good fit for me. It didn't work and it ended up really kind of being my worst investment because I didn't get any ROI on it at all. So it was really not taking the time to research and decide and choose the best coach that I could get for what my needs were at the time. Interesting. How about what is the most important lesson you've learned in investing? Well, it's interesting because I used to be a financial advisor. So I used to help a lot of people with investing. And I think the most important lesson around investing that I've learned or when I've been talking to my clients is to not ask what is the best investment, but to ask the question, what's the best investment for me right now? So it's rather than trying to look and search for the hottest thing, but more to kind of look and see what fits who you are, what your goals are, and what you feel good about investing in. So starting with yourself, kind of that whole KYC, know yourself before you decide on what you're going to invest in. Nice. So Cindy, thanks for everything today. How can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more? Sure, absolutely, Taylor. Thank you so much. You can find me at thecoursewhisperer.com. And that's where most people reach out to me. Or you can find me on LinkedIn under The Course Whisperer or Cindy Nicholson. And if they have a niggling in their mind about wanting to create a course, I'd be happy to chat. And if you're wanting to bounce some ideas off, we can talk about how you can add this as part of your business strategy. Great. And all the links that you mentioned will be in the show notes. To everyone that tuned in, thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please bring someone in. Invite someone into our crowd that could use this information about increasing their wealth, growing their streams of income, and generally making more money with less time. That's what we're all about here. Again, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. Really appreciate you being with us. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Take care. 